0: and welcome. What to start with today? You could probably tell from how I spoke about the whole evil roommate situation that despite the fact I wasn't going to do shit about it, I was still pretty sure that would be a little bit crazy. But apparently it wasn't. My feelings towards the situation continued to be a back and forth between freaked out at being chill, and then sudden guilt about being chill, because he's probably super dangerous, and what the hell am I doing? Is this stupid apartment even worth it? And then I realized I was talking out loud, and continued to apologize profusely to the apartment. I didn't mean it, you're not stupid, I'm doing this for you, don't you understand? Imaginary rom-com about the apartment and me aside, eventually Martin emerged from his room, looking like absolute shit. The poor guy was probably up and working non-stop ever since last Friday. It was Monday. So, for a change, I made him breakfast. It was two in the afternoon, and all I did was hand him a bowl, milk, and a box of cereal, but he seemed to appreciate it despite that. I told him I wouldn't tell anyone who was an evil genius then, or whatever the politically correct term is, because I was sure he'd be so out of it he'd just take it and nod, maybe. But instead, he kinda grinned at me mischievously and said, "'Of course you're not telling anyone, and you're also not going to complain about having to unload the dishwasher for once, right?' I was stunned, of course, that he was able to form vowels at his stage of being, but his words had been quite funny, and said in a pleasant tone as always, so I did a nervous laugh and said, sure, I'll unload the dishwasher. And that was Monday. As you know, it is now Friday, and a bit has changed since then, but before any of that happened, I unloaded the dishwasher. I said I would, and goddammit I would. Big mistake. But only the second biggest mistake I made this week. The bigger mistake, although not by much probably, happened on Thursday, and, this is the annoying part, could probably have been avoided without the dishwasher thing. On Monday itself, though, I suspected nothing, all felt right in the world, and after coming home from college I finally practiced some guitar again, which was then interrupted by Sinister Smith hacking television and once more declaring his intentions of ruling the world to anyone within range of a TV screen that hasn't been resolved so far, so I don't know what Innie did about it. Or if any did anything about it at all. Last time they traced back the signal during the transmission and got Sinister to flee the scene, as tech support proudly stated to the English people that regular programming would be back on shortly, and that had been that. This time nothing really happened, I mean, Sinister did his thing, he had on his Sinister robe, was in a Sinisterly lit room, his hair was styled up in Sinister spikes, and spoke of his revolutionary world domination plans whilst flapping his leather-gloved hands around wildly and Sinisterly, and eventually speech was done, there were several seconds of Sinister pause, and then the broadcast ended and the interview with Daniel Redcliffe continued. The TV didn't turn itself off, I had to get up and look for the remote. Tuesday rolls in, and Martin finally seems well-rested, and he asks me if I could take over cooking today. Thinking it was about time I did at least something, I said I'd do it, and asked what I was supposed to cook. He said it was feeling like fish and chips, and I agreed that sounded great. He then disappeared back into his room, and I only realized that we had none of the ingredients by the time all I could do was knock against his locked door and hope it didn't fall apart. He did not hear me, and me being the nervous wreck I am, obviously decided that one should not prevent a genius from eating his meal of choice, so I went grocery shopping. (sighs) Joy. And thus my mistakes continued. I somehow cook an edible meal, and Martin asked me to vacuum the living room after lunch. The next day he said he needed some parts from the hardware store, and that's when I finally realized into what diabolical trap I had fallen. I'd become his lackey! It's not like I could say no to an evil genius, and because he's a genius, as soon as I started doing what he asked me to do, he knew I would never refuse him. I only had one option. Enter bigger mistake. So yesterday I received the awesome news that my sister would not make it until Christmas, god darn it, but she's damn well going to be face-chatting with me all Christmas Eve, and she promised me the best Christmas gift ever as an apology. I'm really curious what's going to be amazing enough to make up for missing Christmas. She did swear by the life of all heroes that she'll finally be back in Liverpool by Wednesday next week though. But yeah, after that crappy news, I decided I really didn't want to be doing my roommate's dirty work. I remembered that Gordon had recently entrusted me with his apartment keys when I was feeling all the world is crumbling around me. So logically, I left the apartment early and made my way to Gordon's, even though I knew he would be at work because spending an entire day outside or in some other public establishment was apparently abhorrent to me. At this point everything was still fine, I hadn't made any mistakes, I'd taken my shoes off like Gordon required it, and had made sure not to disturb the harmony of his apartment or whatever. I was lounging on the couch when suddenly, PINEAPPLES. Ah, I can't help stupid references sometimes. It's like an involuntary reflex when I'm about to talk about occurrences I'd rather suppress. Anyway, my morbid curiosity suddenly raised its ugly head and I went through my boyfriend's stuff. I know, I'm an awful girlfriend, but if your boyfriend had a secret stash of weaponry in his apartment, I'm sure you would have wanted to have gone through his stuff as well. Yes, in my boyfriend's... God, I don't want to know why. Bedroom, behind his closet, is a secret compartment that contains what I'm going to call an assortment of rifles, because I don't actually know any other proper words for gun types, a few shotguns, that time I did recognize them as shotguns, or at least I think I do, they're the wooden bulky ones, right? And a collection of different knives that I'm not even going to guess the names of. He might have had more stash there, but at that point I just wanted to get out. I was sweating like crazy, I'm not sure why. I mean, if this had been a nature situation, sweating all over the place would probably have been counterproductive, right? But anyway, since humans don't have the noses of wolves, I figured I'd be fine. Gordon just couldn't know I'd snooped in his room. A weird reflex I didn't know I had, to handle crazy revelations about people in your life revealing to have some sort of terrible secret halfway adequately, kicked in and I managed to leave the flat just as I had entered it, with. Even the rough of the carpet straightened out. I began speculating. He'd never mentioned having a gun license, or even displayed a particular liking towards weapons, but I mean we've known each other for what, like, almost four months? Things like this can take time to come up. That said, I'm almost convinced he has to have some past in a street gang or something. What am I supposed to think? Non-arms dealers don't just have an arsenal in their homes. Shit. Why do my relationships always have to turn out so COMPLICATED? First it's, oh, I'm just an ordinary guy and I love you so much, and then suddenly it's I slept with Rachel and also I haven't quit smoking like I said I would. I might be projecting. But no, this sucks, now I'm too freaking confused to deal with that, so I'm back in the grasp of Martin, who knows exactly that I'll do anything for him. Because he's a genius. And I'm incredibly transparent. Jesus, I can't wait for Audrey to come home. At least one part of my life will be normal then. Not counting college. College is physically unable to be abnormal. It's like a law, I think. A law of physics. Which, I should know. But, don't. Probably. Okay. Bye, I guess. Thank you for listening to Normally Ordinary. It is written and edited by Esther Reisenberger, who also voices Amelia. If you like and want to support this show, please leave a rating and a comment, so that we can become more visible to potential listeners. For more information and original artwork, check out normallyordinary.com. That's www.normally-ordinary.com. And remember, behind every mask is a pickle. How did that get there?